It is Friday, October 18th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 7 FanDuel Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schauff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the Lineup Builder tool, which is now available on DraftSharks.com, and you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. Over on DraftSharks, you can also read all of Kevin's top picks for playing on FanDuel this weekend, and come Saturday morning, you can see the lineups that Jared and I are playing against each other in the Shark Duel. I took round six, got a 4-2 lead for the season now in this baby, and I would like to personally thank my boo, Austin Hooper, for nearly tripling Travis Kelsey's score last week against the Texans. Yep, and that was the difference. I, I played the scrub, Kelsey, and not you know the, the superstar, Austin Hooper. You got to go for the guy wearing the cape, Jared. I've tried to tell you this before. <laughs> Any other takeaways from it? No, not really. Not not really upset with anything that I did. Um, you know, Cooper Cup killed me too as did any Ram that was in any lineup last week. Yeah, I mean, same here. Derrick Henry let me down, but I don't think it was a terrible pick in hindsight. So we'll both be back at it for week seven. You'll be able to see our lineups come Saturday morning in the free post for this podcast on DraftSharks.com. For now, though, I'm going to get us started with a cash QB. And really, Jared, I think it's a pretty easy week to find one of those on mm-hmm. FanDuel, I think. Kyler Murray at 7,700, Matt Ryan at 7,900, Josh Allen at 7,700, Jared Goff at 7,800. I think any of those guys is just fine. I mean, normally within a group like that, I would downplay Allen as an option because I think Josh Allen loses on volatility versus those other guys, but he's playing the Dolphins. So the matchup fixes that. Similarly, the way Jared Goff has been playing this year, I would normally downplay him against those others, but the Atlanta matchup fixes that for him. I guess if I have to say who's safest among these, I would go for Kyler Murray and Matt Ryan, but really... Any of these four guys, I think, is just fine. Yeah, for me, I mean, as awesome as the matchup is for Goff, and I'll definitely have him in tournaments, I, I would X him out for cash games just, just because of what we saw last week. And, and you're not getting a discount over those other guys. So I, I do think Matt Ryan, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen would be my three targets. I would I would rank them in that order. Ryan one, Kyler Murray two, Josh Allen three. Um, Ryan does come in number one in our dollars per point projections. He's He's just been so steady. All season, you know, 300 plus yards in every game. Um, he's dipped below 20.6 FanDuel points just once. Um, you know, th- this is a fine matchup. I mean, you know, the, the Rams did add Jalen Ramsey, but they also lost to Keep Talib a couple weeks ago. They lost their safety, John Johnson, to IR this this past week. So, um, you know, still should be a shootout. Tough to see Ryan not returning value for cash games. Yeah, I certainly agree with him being. Like carrying the highest floor among all these options. So on the tourney side, I think, you know, all the same guys are still in play. Here's where I would fade Josh Allen because he is highest in current ownership projection. He's the only QB that Fanshare has projected for double digit ownership right now. And not, not that I don't think he can deliver, but he is a volatile player. I mean, he could just have a garbage week even against the Dolphins. And even if it's just a slightly disappointing week, you know, that's going to hurt if he's the highest owned quarterback. So I would... Toss him out of that group. Murray, Ryan, Goff, all still in play. I also, though, like the ceilings on Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson in their matchup this week. Mm -hmm. They actually lead our ceiling projections for our FanDuel numbers. If you look in the 
um, lineup builder tool. And there are easy stacks for each of those players. Jackson, I think, with Mark Andrews, who's in a tremendous matchup. And Wilson with Tyler Lockett. I mean, Tyler Lockett didn't go along with Russell Wilson last last week in Wilson's big game against Cleveland. I don't think we're often going to get, though, a, a really big Russell Wilson game without Tyler Lockett also at least having a very good game. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think uh, Wilson and Lamar Jackson always in play for tournaments, and and their, their price being up there on FanDuel this week might make them lower owned than they should be. I like Daniel Jones for tournaments down at 7200 bucks. Struggled the past two weeks, not surprisingly though, in matchups against the Vikings and the Patriots. We saw, you know, he, he's already shown us the upside in that first start against the Bucks, 32.2 FanDuel points. This matchup just about as good, I think, against Arizona. The game has a 50 and a half point over under. Arizona and the Giants both rank top 11 in situation neutral pace, so it should be a fast-paced game with lots of plays. Arizona does get Patrick Peterson back this week. I just I don't I don't think it matters much in this matchup because, you know, he's just going to be on Darius Slayton or Cody Latimer on the outside, whereas Jones's top 3 targets, Golden Tate in the slot, Evan Ingram at tight end, Saquon Barkley coming out of the backfield, you know, Peterson's not going to affect those guys. So I think all three of those guys could have big games and and uh, so could Daniel Jones. Yeah, I mean, even if Patrick Peterson is right back at full strength and at game readiness, you can just say, all right, Daniel, go ahead out. Don't throw it at Patrick Peterson. Look for right. somebody else. Just let exactly. whoever's on him, whoever he's on go. Exactly. Yeah, I think my slight lean uh, among the guys I mentioned is toward the Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews stack because of that Seattle defense. It's been really bad against tight ends mm-hmm. and better against the run than against the pass so far. Plus, there, it, it, there's a potential shootout in that one. It's the fourth highest over under the week. Not as high as Giants Cardinals, but 49 points puts it within a point and a half. And really in the third highest, I think, among the games that are actually left on the slate now. Yeah, it is third highest. And I think that game would be getting more attention if we didn't have, you know, I think Falcons Rams especially is going to attract more attention. Yeah. Over at running back on the cash side, my two favorites here are Leonard Fournette and Tevin Coleman. Fournette's kind of obvious. I mean, he's going to be mentioned everywhere. 7900 bucks. It's 400 cheaper than Dalvin Cook. I think Cook is the only guy that's really on Fournette's level as far as touch certainty and matchup this week. And really, the overall matchup, I think, is better for the Jaguars because the Bengals are, are terrible on defense. It's not just that they're weak against the run. So I'll focus more on Coleman. 16 and 18 carries in his two games back since the ankle injury. His receiving role increased last week. He led the Niners running backs in routes run for that game. Still priced at just 6200 bucks is Coleman. 18th among main slate running backs in that category. Heading into a matchup against Washington, which is providing the third largest scoring boost for fantasy running backs in the league right now. So it's a great spot for Tevin Coleman this week. Yeah, I love Coleman. I actually have him down as my tournament play. I, I definitely think he's an option in cash. Um, you know, I, I tend to try to get more of the you know three down backs in there. But I mean, Coleman should be a good volume bet here. The Redskins have already faced the seventh most running back carries because they you know tend to be behind in these games. The Niners ten point favorites in this one already the run heaviest offense in the NFL. So you know you, you should expect these running backs to easily combine for at least thirty carries and, and maybe forty carries this week. Yeah, I agree. My cash game guy, and I, I'm totally with you on Leonard Fournette. I think he is a must-play in cash just with the elite volume and the elite matchup. Chris Carson, though, is just behind Leonard Fournette in total opportunities over the past three weeks. 83 total carries plus targets for Carson over his last three. 26-plus in all three of those. He is a home favorite. 
this Sunday in that Ravens matchup. As you said, the game has a high over-under. The Seahawks have the fourth highest implied total on the main slate at 26.25 points. And the Ravens have been a neutral matchup for running backs. Um, Football Outsiders has them 18th in run defense, and they're 15th in our adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. Over on the tournament side, Fournette scares me a little bit here just because he's already projected beyond 30% ownership. I mean, those numbers usually only get higher as we get to the weekend for the top guys, especially. So, I mean, even if it's an injury that happens to take him out or just anything, like he doesn't happen to find the end zone, a little bit scary Mm -hmm. at that high an owned rate. Coleman, meanwhile, at 11.5%, I'm playing him everywhere. I mean, Coleman could have easily scored three touchdowns against the Rams last week and be an obvious player this week. Yep, I'm with you there. For not, I've mentioned this season, I'm, I'm trying to not worry about ownership at running back. So I'm definitely going to have Fournette in most of my tournament lineups. I, I do think the best argument for fading him this week is there actually are quite a few good running back plays. Like there's like six mm-hmm. or seven running backs that I feel pretty good about. So you know, maybe uh, come across a lineup where Fournette doesn't make it in. But, but again, I, I still just think with that volume, and that matchup, I'm definitely not going to, you know, full fade him in tournaments. Yeah, I agree. I can't go with the total fade on him because of the the, the way the situation is set up for him. I'm also, though, a, a little bit scared not to use Derrick Henry again. 6500 bucks, still a good price for him. I mentioned him in the past couple of weeks. Marginal success against the Bills two weeks ago. Total bust against Denver last week. The Chargers are on the road to face the Titans this week, though. They're providing a 24% scoring boost to running backs on the year. That's the sixth highest among all teams for the week. And over the past two weeks, the Chargers have allowed 214 total yards to Broncos running backs, 208 total yards to Steelers running backs. Last week's came against a Steelers offense that was run by Devlin Hodges. So we knew going into that game that they were going to be working in the short range and focusing on their running backs. And we still got 75 rushing yards from Benny Snell. Derrick Henry's headed for heavy usage in this one. You know, unless the Chargers somehow get their crap together and they jump out to a big lead in this game. I think that's the only way that the game works against Henry. But Henry's also headed for single-digit ownership, according to Mm -hmm. current fan share projections, probably because of last week's disappointment. Yeah, I agree on Henry. Um, you know, pretty good spot for him. We, we've even seen Tennessee stick with him in games they do fall behind. I mean, I, I think Henry's seen 15 plus touches in every game so far, uh, or 15 plus carries. Um, and yeah, he, he feels underpriced on FanDuel at 6,500. And like you said, he's he's going to be lower owned than he should be coming off that, that dud last week. Yeah, I agree. So what do you have for cash at wide receiver? Cash wide receiver, Tyler Boyd at 5600 bucks. Just, I don't know what he's doing price down here. I know he disappointed last week, but that was just the second time all season that Boyd didn't see double-digit targets. He's fourth among all wide receivers and targets behind only Cooper Cup, Michael Thomas, and Keenan Allen. All those guys are priced at 7500 bucks or more, and you have Tyler Boyd down here at 5600 So it's just a volume play. The matchup's Fine too. Um, you know the Jags have been sort of a middling matchup for wide receivers, anyways, and now they're without Jalen Ramsey, so Boyd doesn't have to worry about that. Yeah, I'm going to go with the other guy that's at the same price. It's Larry Fitzgerald <laughs> at 5,600 bucks because it's it's Friday, so I should be mentioning Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> I mean, I said it last week. He feels disappointing to this point, but he, he remains a value. His price is not going up. He's 21st in points per game among main slate wide receivers on FanDuel. He's tied for 28th in wide receiver price. So that's value right there. Same price as Christian Kirk, who has the ankle risk. He has outscored Tyler Boyd in FanDuel points per game so far. He's $300 less than Auden Tate heading into this week. Fitzgerald's got five plus catches in every game. 
he's going to score a touchdown again at some point. I mean, it has to, it's been a while now, um, but it's going to happen again at some point. And the game that he's playing in this week has the second highest over under. And of course the matchup for the Arizona pass offense is tremendous against the Giants. We haven't seen a ceiling game from Fitz in a while. So, you know, maybe he's a fade in tournaments, but like you said, five plus catches in every game. And yeah, he, he is, he's still near the top of the league in red zone targets. So the, the touchdowns will start coming again. Mm-hmm. And I, I am, I probably would fade him in a tournament because he is still pegged for double digit ownership. And yeah. as you said, he's not giving a ceiling. Sure, that's that possibility is still out there. But at this point, I would favor Christian Kirk over him for a tournament lineup if Christian Kirk is ready for the game. Yep, I agree there. What, what do you have for tournament wide out here? DJ Chark at sixty six hundred bucks. Um, I was surprised to see his ownership coming in in single digits, and I, I get that he struggled last week, but that was against Marshawn Lattimore. It really shouldn't be a surprise there. Now he gets this Bengals secondary that's going to be missing both of its outside cornerbacks, William Jackson and Dre Kirkpatrick. So, you know, a great spot for Chark, who, you know, has given us 15 plus Fando points in four of his first six games this season. Yeah, I think Chark is going to be usable here and on DraftKings this week with high upside. Uh, I got Brandon Cooks at 6,700 bucks. It was tough for me not to name Tyler Lockett, who is 200 bucks less than Brandon Cooks here. And I think there's certainly room to play them both in the lineup. So, I'll focus on Cooks because he would be the um, more surprising name, I guess. As you mentioned on the Week 7 preview podcast, Atlanta has allowed the league's most fantasy points. Two wide receivers on the left side of the formation. That's where Brandon Cooks spends 59% of his time so far. All of the Falcons' corners stink at this point, though. Desmond Trufant is probably out for this game. So there's no tough matchup no matter where Cooks lines up. It's a great spot for all of the Rams receivers. Cooks checks in $600 cheaper than Robert Woods, $1,100 cheaper than Cooper Cup. And he leads the group in air yards, even with all the things that Cooper Cup has done so far this year. I'm not saying fade Cup. I'm not saying fade Woods. I think there's room for all of them to score. Uh, But Cooks pops up as a value and has the ability to, you know, deliver a, a good fantasy line on one big play at any point. Yeah, like you said, any and really all of these Rams wide receivers could go off on Sunday, but Cooks is the cheapest and he's coming in with the projected lowest ownership. So I think he I think he makes most sense for tournaments. Over to tight end, what you got? Kind of hard not to play Evan Ingram, I think. I mean, he is sixty eight hundred bucks, but I mean, you know, he, he's already the tight end two in FanDuel points points per game behind only Austin Hooper. And he gets the Cardinals matchup that, you know, we've talked about all season. The cards have allowed fifteen plus FanDuel points to a tight end in five of their six games this season. The thing that scares me about him a little bit in cash is coming off a knee injury. And I know he returned to a full practice participation, but Evan Ingram hasn't been the sturdiest of guys in terms of playing through physical issues in his young career so far. Yeah, that, that's fair. I, I just on and we'll talk about DraftKings. I think it's a different story there. But on FanDuel, I just I don't see an option that is is just a, a better cash bet, even with you know maybe some increased risk with that knee injury for Ingram. I'm gonna say Hunter Henry at 5,700 bucks. Yeah. The Titans. I, I feel like we talk about the Titans matchup on some podcast every week. It looks like a middling matchup if you look at the fantasy matchup numbers. You know, either the actual numbers or our strength of schedule page, but. The Titans have really just faced a garbage slate of tight ends so far and Austin Hooper. And Hooper, in their matchup, caught nine balls for 130 yards. The Chargers arrive as this reeling team, I think, especially after that loss to the Steelers. Hunter Henry returned last week from his injury. 
immediately saw nine targets, immediately had a big game. So now he's in this positive individual matchup. And it's a tough overall defense that doesn't match up great for the Chargers running backs or their wide receivers. They rate the Titans rate top eight in coverage against number one and number two receivers. According to Football Outsiders, they rate 10th against the run. And Hunter Henry, price-wise, pops up $900 cheaper to 1000 plus cheaper than guys like Austin Hooper, Mark Andrews, Evan Ingram this week. Yeah, Henry would definitely be my, you know, number two option in cash games on FanDuel. And if if that, you know, 1100 savings off Evan Ingram makes a difference elsewhere, I think he's fine. I just I just think, you know, Ingram could really have a, a huge week in this matchup. He could have an Austin Hooper week. Yeah, we, we can only hope. <laughs> On the tourney side, what do you like? Uh, Mark Andrews, who I, I think is just sort of going to get lost a bit with Evan Ingram priced just 100 bucks ahead of him, you know, with Hunter Henry $1,000 cheaper. Andrews has been awesome all season. He's seen seven plus targets in all six games this season. That's just awesome and consistent usage for a tight end. Andrews is off the injury report completely this week for the first time since week one. So I don't think we got to worry about injuries. And, you know, surprisingly, the, the Seahawks, not the Cardinals, come in dead last in our adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. They, the Seahawks haven't given up as many raw fantasy points, but they, they haven't faced as many quality tight ends as Arizona has. Just over the last two weeks, though, Seattle gave up that 136-yard game to Gerald Everett. Then Ricky Seals-Jones you know, caught three balls for 47 yards and a score against Seattle last week. Yeah, Mark Andrews is projected for a little over 10%. I want to say he's almost 12%, but I mean, that is definitely not an amount to make me not want him because it's not going to lead the position. And really, he's set up both being off the injury report and facing this terrific matchup and in a shootout game and in a game where they're underdogs on the road where there should be more passing volume. I mean, he should be the highest owned tight end this week. So I'm with you. He's my top pick as well. Like it. I will also throw out that George Kittle is currently projected for 6% ownership. Maybe that climbs as we get into the weekend and it becomes clearer that he's going to play. But if it remains at that low level, I'm probably going to have to put in a George Kittle uh, lineup on FanDuel this week. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, not not a scary matchup. The only concern is, you know, just how, how much um, San Francisco has to throw in that game. There's room for everybody to score. Washington's a top six fantasy yep. scoring matchup against every single position. Definitely room for Kittle. Over at Flex, what are you playing? Um, so we talked. We actually talked about all these guys. I think Tevin Coleman or Hunter Henry in, or sorry, or Derrick Henry in cash games. Um, I think even Larry Fitzgerald in cash games might make sense at that fifty-six hundred dollar price tag. Yeah. I think I'm almost definitely going running back here from basically the $6,000 range up. Depending on the contest type, I think Carlos Hyde and Frank Gore even down at 6000 bucks are in play for tournament. Josh Jacobs, his ownership is not projected as high as I would have guessed, so he's in the mix. And I think if, if for tournament purposes, Aaron Jones is interesting at, I forget what his salary is, 7200 maybe. Everyone's mm-hmm. going to hate him coming off of Monday night. He's projected for 3% ownership right now, but... We've seen what he can do when he's getting the touches and when he's not dropping touchdown passes. Green Bay has been solid in terms of run blocking this year. They're 13th in adjusted line yards right now, according to Football Outsiders. And the bevy of wide receiver injuries for Green Bay only increases the chances that we get running back touches in this game. So I would stay way away from Aaron Jones for cash purposes, but I think he's intriguing for a tournament lineup. 
Yeah, I definitely expect a run-heavy attack from Green Bay. I mean, they they basically have to with their wide receiver injuries. Jones is at seventy six hundred bucks. So, you know, he's the same price as Chris Carson. He's more expensive than David Johnson. That that's you know, in addition to his dud last time out, that's what's going to keep his ownership down. So I agree. In tournaments, if you're getting him, you know, at two or three percent owned, he, he does make some sense. Over at defense, what are you playing? There's two elite D options this week: the Bills at home for Miami and the Niners at Washington. I, I do prefer. Buffalo straight up, but for $500 cheaper, the 49ers at 5000 I, w- I would like to get up to them even in cash games if I can. If I do have to go cheaper, though, I like both sides of the Vikings-Lions game. Uh, Minnesota, 3800 bucks. Detroit, 3500 bucks. They're really two good defenses. I mean, we know Minnesota's good. They're, they're sixth in Football Outsiders DVOA. The Lions, though, come in at 12th in DVOA, and they've been you know decent in fantasy, too. They have 11 takeaways through five games. Yeah, and they're tougher on the pass than the run, which is what we care more about because that's where most of the fantasy value comes from. I mean, we could get a big day from Dalvin Cook and still have a good day for the Lions defense. So I I agree with those in the cheap range. I agree with the Niners and Bills kind of controlling the slate this week. I I don't like this slate of defenses. So I'm with you. I'm going to try to get to the Niners and Bills if I can. Yeah, I think the other interesting team that is going to fly under the radar, I think, is is the Bears. They're 4,500 bucks. The matchup on paper isn't good, but Chicago's at home. It's an elite defense. And and the the Saints likely going to be without Alvin Kamara, it looks like. And then uh, Jared Cook is banged up too, so it, it's really a depleted offense. I, th- I think the Bears have upside. Yeah, it's definitely uh, definitely an upside spot. I think another sneaky option is the Titans at forty two hundred. They're at mm-hmm. home. They're not cheap enough to be attractive, like truly attractive. But the Chargers come in providing the fourth largest scoring boost to defenses and traveling east for a one o'clock game. So definitely not a, a lock, but the, there's upside to the Titans as well. I think. Yep, I like them. That's going to do it for this Week 7 edition of our FanDuel podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com right now to read all of Kevin's top picks for playing on FanDuel this weekend. Check out our full Week 7 rankings, complete with FanDuel dollars per point projections, and mess around with the Lineup Builder tool to try to win yourself some money this weekend. Check back Saturday morning to see who Jared and I are playing against each other in Round 7 of the Shark Duel. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. I am at ShaufDS. That's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Small and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Shaw saying thanks so much for swimming with us.